Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, you health renaissance people. Yes, from the dark ages, we're going to talk about neuropathy. Yeah, the scariest animal. It's almost like neuropathy that ate Tokyo. Uh, We have patients come in all the time with this condition, neuropathy. Now, we're going to go over what neuropathy is. It's going to be damage to the nervous system. That's it. Pinched nerve or toxic or poisoning is causing um, problems with the nervous system. So instead of making an entity, like this is a, 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 a creature that's attacking you, Okay, let's empower everybody that's had a neuropathy diagnosis to getting it fixed because that's all it is. It's your body intelligently telling you that there's a problem. So in order to do this, I'm going to explain a couple of words and terms to you so that that you can uh, demystify this problem. First, neuro means nerve. Pathy uh, or, or pathology means suffering. Ology is a study of, osis is condition of, itis is inflammation, and toxin is a poison. So when you put these together, neurotoxin is neuropoison, neurology, study of nerves. Neuropathy is a nerve problem, okay, or nerve suffering, and neuritis is inflammation. Now, the reason that doctors utilize terms like this uh, is because we want to keep it separate from the general public. You don't want the general public coming up with a diagnosis of neuropathy uh, thinking that, hey, doc, if it's a pinched nerve, unpinch it. Because without that mysticism, uh, then if the general public actually finds out that the body is self-healing and self-regulating, then they won't require medications or fear that they'll approach life with, with health and vim and vigor and realize that their body is adapting and can adapt to the entire world that the body has been living for millennia uh, healthy. Now, let's look at the types of the nervous system and what they actually do. So the autonomic nervous system, and there's the automatic nervous system, it's actually located in the thoracic and lumbar area, right in the middle of the spine. And the parasympathetic nervous system is located in the sacrum or base of the spine and the cranial area at the top. Now, this governs automatic function. It controls heart rate, where it's going to elevate it or suppress it. It's going to control digestion, where it increases or decreases the kidney function. All the automatic or autonomic functions. Now, we cover this a lot in the stress response, uh, blood pressure issues, cholesterol issues, digestive issues. All of that has to do with autonomic nervous system. What we're going to talk about today is the peripheral nervous system. And these are nerves that exit from the spine uh, to provide nerve supply to the entire body. So the central nervous system is brain and spinal cord. We're going to talk mainly about the peripheral nervous system. Now, things that can damage this. Okay, you're talking diabetes. Super common to have peripheral neuropathies. Uh, weird diseases like leprosy, vitamin deficiency, of course medications can, can cause it, traumatic injury can cause it, excessive alcohol consumption, immune system diseases, infections. There's a lot of different uh, problems. 
So when we look at what's causing the symptoms, and we look at peripheral versus um, proximal, um, you, when you when you look at this, the location of the damage is going to give you a clue to where the problem is. And there's areas of skin supplied by specific nerve roots called dermatomes. And what's interesting about dermatomes is this can show you how the body is responding to the environment or what nerve is pinched. Like we'll get patients that come in and they'll literally trace along the outside of their arm to their thumb and index finger and say, wow, this is hurting right here. And I'll say, hey, by gosh, that's the sixth cranial nerve. I know exactly where that problem is and how we can fix it. Or they'll come in and they'll pull their hand right along their their um, uh, base of the elbow, right up to the little finger or ring finger. And they'll say, Doc, it's hurting right here. I'll say, that's the ulnar nerve, the eighth cranial nerve or eighth cervical nerve root. We can help that. Because if they're tracing the line where the nerve comes from the spine out, we know exactly where that is because those are dermatomes. Now, if somebody has the back of their hand, the whole hand affected, or um, it's different areas uh, that has multiple nerve roots, we know that the lesion or nerve trauma is distal or away from the spine. So the location of the pain or symptoms really gives the doctor a clue to where the problem with that nerve is. Is it a pinch in the elbow? Is it a pinch in the shoulder? Is it a pinch nerve or neuropathy in the spinal cord? All of these areas give the doctor a clue to where the problem is. And when I say doctor, I mean a doctor that's actually going to find the problem and fix it, not a doctor that's going to inject a needle or give you a drug to cover it up. We're looking for doctors that are real doctors that look at a pinched nerve as a problem or neuropathy, and they correct the problem. They don't just drug it. Now, uh, so what I want you to think is peripheral neuropathy or neuropathy is really a pinched nerve. Once you've ruled out the drug causes uh, or the toxicity causes, now one of the ways that we assess uh, peripheral neuropathies or neuropathies is we'll do stress x-rays. And this has to do with taking an x-ray and bending the person to one side, taking an x-ray and seeing how the body moves, and bending to the other side and see how the body moves. Uh, typically, in, in the dark age mentality that we have in our medical world today, they're going to do an MRI. Now, the MRI is inaccurate because of the position that you're taking it in. If you're just laying down on your back on a, on a hard surface, that's not going to give you an idea of how the body is actually functioning uh, in situ or how your body actually works. And this is why when they first came out with MRIs, 80% of everybody that had a positive disc bulge or had... had um, low back pain had a positive disc bulge, so it justified the cost of the machines. However, they decided to MRI healthy people and they found out 80% of them had a positive disc bulge as well. So when you're looking at the MRI being accurate, it's not. It's a computer interpretation of uh, sensors that are moving the body under a high frequency or high magnetic 
uh, force field that's facing all the hydrogen ions in one direction. And then the computer's interpreting this. And so there's going to be, even though the pictures look really pretty and cool, there's going to be some problem with interpretation, particularly when you're talking about force loading and dynamic structures. This is why a lot of surgeries are done in the wrong place. I know it sounds odd because, you know, surgeons are, you know, very excited about this and educated, except they're not educated on the entire body and practical function. Uh, for a good example, let's say somebody goes in and does a surgery. Uh, how do they find out where that problem is? Well, the back pain wouldn't go away with medications. The back pain wouldn't go away with injections. Uh, the back pain wouldn't go away by stretching the muscles or doing ultrasound as the standard physical therapy. And so since they're not looking at any other aspects of the body, they're going to suggest surgery. They're not looking at possibilities back pain coming from forward head carriage or from altered gait from a foot or from a knee issue or an unstable pelvis. There's a lot of different factors that go into disc dysfunction, disc degeneration, or pain other than that area. But since doctors are not taught critical thinking, this is pretty much overlooked. Uh, now, of course, it'd be nice if they... Um, uh, it was standard protocol to refer to a chiropractor. However, most chiropractors don't do uh, x-rays or stress x-rays to identify subluxations or disc dysfunction. And even then, fewer still look at the entire body to find out why the disc malfunctioned. And it's the disc's malfunction is not going to be from overweight, lack of use, uh, or typical acute traumas. This is usually the result of a chronic irritant to the system that's slowly breaking down the body. And the, the, a lot of people are misinformed. Like their back would be stiff and tight, and then they'll lift up a briefcase, or they'll move a box, a bag of groceries, or a box, and all of a sudden, bam, the sciatic nerve goes off. And what does the doctor tell you? Oh, you lifted wrong. Or don't lift and turn at the same time. Okay, now think of how stupid this is. Can you imagine our aboriginal ancestors, the hunter-gatherers? No, clog, don't pick up that antelope and turn while you're picking it up. Doesn't that sound stupid? Of course it is. I mean, it, it, it's the way the human body works is brilliant. Okay, we're designed to live in this environment. And so if you have been diagnosed with neuropathy or a pinched nerve or stenosis, you have to look at the entire body structures and the biomechanics. Because typically it's not picking up the bag of groceries. Typically it's going to be sitting in that chair driving to and from the market. It's having those discs compressed that's causing the major problem. So that, make sure you have an accurate assessment. Now, tonight, I'm going to bring up a couple of patients who have had surgeries and how we assess them for nerve pressure and even talk about some of their responses, like what they did to correct the um, neuropathies. And one gal, I mean, she literally had pinched nerves, and it wouldn't go away with the standard medications, and it wouldn't go away with injections, and it wouldn't go away with stretching an ultrasound or the standard physical therapy. 
So, of course, they did a surgery, and they literally fused her from the third cervical down to the third lumbar. So this means the entire spine was fused virtually. Uh, there were still about six mobile segments, uh, but out of the 32, that doesn't give you much. Well, this caused so much great pain and trouble that they went in, removed all the metal they put in there, and they put more metal. And they, you know, you might be saying, well, since she had a massive increase in symptoms, why did they have to put more metal in after they removed all of the metal? Well, because they chiseled out part of the bone to put some of the metal in. And so she's going to require this um, extra metal support because the original surgeon actually removed portions of the bone. Now, even on a patient like this, there's certain things that we can do to decrease the discomfort and also increase healing. So when we're looking at neuropathies, it's not just the standard, you know, forward head carriage, trauma. Uh, look at an entire assessment of, this, of the spine and nervous system. So when you do the entire structure, you're looking at the biomechanics of forward head carriage. You're looking at the neck. You're looking at the low back. You're looking at the biomechanics of the feet. You're looking at pelvic stability. You have to do a thorough structural assessment to find out where the problem actually is. Then look at some of the medications that can cause this. I mean, according to the Merck manual, and this is um, this is the, the, the definitive Bible that people go to to find out uh, what type of drugs can cause what type of symptoms. And there's nearly 40 different drugs that are known to cause neuropathy. I mean, we're talking eight, drugs for cardiac arrhythmias, cancer drugs, antibiotics and antivirals, even alcoholism and, and the treatments for alcoholism can cause neuropathy. Of course, all the high blood pressure drugs, this means beta blockers, diuretics, uh, ACE inhibitors, all of those drugs can cause peripheral neuropathies. Then you've got the psychiatric drugs, bipolar, depression. All of those can cause peripheral neuropathies. And then you get the seizure drugs for epilepsy, anti-rejection drugs for transplants. We even have patients with lupus that are taking anti-rejection drugs, and that can cause peripheral neuropathies, even skin therapies. So when you look at all of the different drugs used, doesn't it make you think about why are all these medications used to control, say, cardiac arrhythmias, but it's causing an overall problem with the nervous system? Or they're giving you antacids, and then that's causing a peripheral neuropathy. What... What, what's going on with this? Is the medical care actually based in science? When you go up to the doctor with a pinched nerve or a peripheral neuropathy and he prescribes a medication, is this based in science? Well, so I'm looking through this Journal of Law, Medicine, and Ethics, and that's the name of the journal, Law, Medicine, and Ethics, 2013. And the title of the article is Institutional Corruption of Pharmaceuticals and the Myth of Safe and Effective Drugs. Well, that perks me up. It's like, what the heck is this? The myth of safe and effective drugs? 
And I want, you, want to read you a little bit of this article because I found it really interesting. Over the past 35 years, patients have suffered from a largely hidden epidemic of side effects from drugs that usually have few offsetting benefits. The pharmaceutical industry has corrupted the practice of medicine through its influence over what drugs are developed and how they are tested and how medical knowledge is created. Since 1906, heavy commercial influence has compromised congressional legislation to protect the public from unsafe drugs. End of quote. Now, you might think, my God, why isn't this on the evening news? Why isn't there huge programs on this? Well, because the pharmaceutical industry has purchased our media by giving about 70% of the media's income from pharmaceutical advertising. Ask your doctor if this is right for you. Side effects may be, have you heard that before? Okay, how does he know that this Lyrica or this Humira or this, this drug that they don't know, the clinical pharmacology, how does he know that that's going to react with the Prevacid or the Antacid or the beta blocker or the sleep medication or the, the histamines? These guys are not um, all-seeing, all-knowing soothsayers. Nobody knows what all of these medications are doing to each individual person, let alone if you have five people taking one drug, are they all going to have the same result? No. If you have five people taking the average 12 prescriptions, okay, of anyone over 60, are they going to have the same result? No. So obviously, the, what people think is um, health care, it's not. If you think you have health care, you don't. What you have is a medical reimbursement program. That's right. You go to the doctor, he runs a few tests, and they're going to give him money for doing your tests. You may have to come up with some um, cash as well because there's usually a copay. And then based on those tests, the therapies are going to be prescribed. And what's the most common therapy? It's going to be a medication. Why? Because that's the simpler, simplest one, and that's how the medical industry is, is formed. It's formed around the pharmaceutical model. So now, let's look at um, so the solution. If you're taking a medication, find out why you're taking it. And if you're looking to get off of the medication, you might uh, not have a real positive response dealing with the guy that gave you the drug. You might have to change doctors. Okay, or you can talk to your doctor and say, hey, look, doc, I just did some great lifestyle changes. Maybe I don't need my thyroid medication or my antidepressant. And if the doctor says, wow, I'm so proud of you. Your blood pressure is normalized. Your cholesterol is normalized. Please tell me what you're doing so I can tell my other patients and get them off of these toxic pharmaceutical products. Yeah, right. You think that's really going to happen? I don't think so either. So what you've got to do is find a real doctor, somebody that's going to walk you through this, because it's really hard to fix a problem with the same mentality that created the problem. Okay, now let's look at diabetic neuropathies. What happens? So when we look at this, nerves or nerve cells function in a really um, safe environment in the brain. There's even a barrier between the blood and the brain and, and the physiology of the brain, how the neurons work. 
So nerves are very sensitive to certain toxins and poisons. Well, type 2 diabetes is not type 1 diabetes. And the, the reason I want to bring this up is because it was misnamed. Now, type 1 diabetes comes from not enough insulin being produced by organ systems. And I say that because we used to think that just the pancreas secreted insulin. Now we know the brain also secretes insulin. And we're learning stuff more about the body every day, so there may be other organ systems that secrete insulin. Well, what's insulin's job? Insulin's job is to take glucose out of the blood, knock on the cells, the cell opens the door and allows glucose to go in. So insulin's job is to funnel glucose, which is the main energy unit of the body, out of the bloodstream into the cells where it can be utilized. And that's its job. If there's not enough insulin available to handle all the glucose, then the blood sugar goes up and then people can have real big problems based on that blood sugar. Now, if in type 2 diabetes, okay, that was type 1, in type 2 diabetes, it's called insulin resistant. It's got the blood glucose, you've got plenty of insulin, insulin goes up to the cell, knocks on the cell, and the cell says, hey, look, we're not taking any of this glucose, we're full. And so insulin goes up to the next cell, knocks on the door, oh, we can't take it, we're full. So it turns out that this is insulin-resistant diabetes, or that the blood is so toxic that the insulin really doesn't have an effect on the cells. So what's done is they give you a drug to control it. It's called, um, well, they're, they're going to be um, metformin or glucophage. It actually lowers blood glucose. Now, this might seem like a good idea because you're lowering blood glucose, uh, however, if you have a 9% reduction in glucose, you have nearly a 20% increase in mortality or death rate. If you lower blood glucose 14%, you have a 43% increase in cardiovascular death. And, well, wait a second, how come? Well, because the drugs lower glucose, but they do nothing, nothing to fix the problem. Okay, you still got free running insulin out there and it damages the body. So what do you do for, um, for type 2 diabetes? Well, you've got to fix the problem. Uh, look at some of the things that can increase it. Well, cholesterol drugs can increase type 2 diabetes. And again, this is going to be causing the peripheral neuropathies. If you do have diabetes, type 1 or type 2, I encourage you to look at this brilliant guy, Dr. Gabriel Cousins, now, he has been um, correcting diabetes for, I think, over 20 years. And there's a really cool uh, video called Simply Raw. And again, the guy is just brilliant. Yes, it does involve diet change. No, don't run away screaming. It's okay. You're going to be eating a lot of plants. I know. I know. It seems too simple because it is too simple. Uh, so if you have type 1 or type 2 diabetes, by changing your diet, you're going to have a huge response. And literally, when you see these group of people that go through this, within seven days of changing to an all-raw plant diet, seven days, 
the blood sugar typically normalizes in almost everyone. When you're talking intermittent fasting that helps um, balance the blood sugar. So don't take poisonous foods. Go on a plant-based diet and uh, have your stress levels checked. That way the body is going to not require to increase blood glucose. If you realize that under physical, chemical, or emotional stress, your body gets into this fight-or-flight state, and it's going to tell the autonomic nervous system, is going to tell the liver to break glycogen down to glucose to elevate blood sugar. So blood sugar can be elevated under physical, chemical, emotional stress causing damage to the nervous system. So what are the solutions for neuropathy? I'm going to tell you right now. Number one, you have to get your nervous system checked by a corrective chiropractor. This means analysis to show where the problem is. Stress x-rays would be great. Heart rate variability analysis would be great. Rolling thermal scan, surface electromyography. I mean, whatever objective analysis that they're using. Okay, beautiful. Then look at your medication use. Because you've got to figure every medication, every drug, either blocks a receptor site in a cell or poison an enzyme. Every drug can build up to a toxic effect on the body. And uh, <laughs> no one is suffering from drug deficiencies. Now, sick people do need drugs. You really do. You may be sick. You may have to get your body healthy before you can think about reducing a drug. All of those make sense. But to just keep taking a drug day in, day out, night in, night out, year in, year out, uh, knowing that drugs can have a long-term toxic effect on the body, that doesn't make sense. So find out what the problem was, because most drugs are prescribed for a stress response. That means your body's dealing effectively with physical, chemical, or emotional stress. Find the problem and correct the problem and change your physiology so the drug is not needed. Then identify and correct the stressors. This is how you fix neuropathy. Um, look at the physical stress, chemical stress, and emotional stress. That just makes sense. Identify and correct them. Now, if you have stenosis, correct the cause. This is by disc regeneration and restoring biomechanics. That's right. Discs are alive. If you change the force loading on them, you change the nutrients to them, you change the movement to them, you can regenerate them. That's right. Stenosis can be reversed. You just got to get a stress x-ray and, and find a doctor that understands by putting an appropriate force load in the body, you can be causing inflammation and this can regenerate the disc reversing stenosis. I had a patient a few months back it drove me crazy, and he had forward head carriage, loss of curve in the neck, grade 2 arthritis, a very, very simple case, except he had peripheral, you got it, neuropathy. Yeah, that's it, baby. Okay, so the, the moron doctor that he had told him, never let anyone touch your neck. So he was scared to death to come in here, but some friends forced him to come in. And I'm looking at it, and I'm going, well, your neck's bad, but it's not horrible. I've seen a lot worse. You know, pretty much within about 10 visits, you're going to start to notice changes. Within 30, we're going to get a post-X-ray. Your neuropathy is going to go away probably in about a week and a half to two weeks. And he looks at me like I've grown three ears. And it's, it's like, wait, 
No, it can't be that easy. You know, what about the disc? What about the stenosis? And I'm saying, yeah, buddy, all we got to do is read, store the curve in the neck. Well, how do you crack stenosis? I said, look, do it right now. Point your chin up to the ceiling. And he did. And I said, how are your symptoms? They went away. They always go away when I look up. Okay, good. What you're doing, you're shortening the, the space in between the top of the neck and the bottom. You're creating a space. You're correcting the stenosis. You're actually fixing the problem. All we got to do is restore the curve in the neck. You want to know what's wild? He never got adjusted. He was so scared. The moron doctor that he had uh, put the fear of retribution that he would learn, he would get eternal damnation and lose his immortal soul if a chiropractor touched him. And so since he is the high priest of the medical world, uh, he decided not to pray at our church, Okay, the church where the body is self-healing and self-regulating. Okay, and then the fifth one that you can do to correct neuropathy is only put healthy nutrients in your body. Five things to fix neuropathy. Get your nervous system checked by a corrective chiropractor. Find out why medications were prescribed. Identify this and correct the stressors. If you have stenosis, correct the cause and only put healthy nutrients in your body. Now, this month is Nerve Month on Extreme Health Academy, so I would totally recommend... You go to Extreme Health Academy. We've got a challenge, 14-day challenge, that identifies and corrects nerve problems. So this is the nervous system. This is fun. Understand your body is brilliant. It's self-healing and self-regulating. This is Dr. John Bergman, your health advocate. You walk by that mirror and smile. You're made in the image and likeness of God. (sighs) Exciting, isn't it? I know. I like this world, too. This is Dr. John Bergman. God bless you, and I love you. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.